If you want to travel to unknown places and not take a step, then what you need to do is flip through the pages. If you believe in something like this, then this show is just for you. The Moon Market presents the book show in association with HarperCollins. Okay, one sec. I've got some breaking news for you. Well, that's exactly what my author has said several, several times. Well, my guest today is someone who is very, very interesting. She started off her career in this sales and advertisement business. She sold soaps, shampoos, detergents. Then she took the mic and uh, camera, went on to reporting journalism. She reported several crime cases. And then she decided she's going to take the pen. Now, you must be imagining a journalist writing a book. It'll be something very, very sensational. But turns out to be that this book, amongst her several ones, is so, so sensible and so, so special. Every single book of hers is like a slice of life, presenting a very interesting chapter with so much of baggage, I mean so much of excess baggage, on the bookshelf today, Richa S. Mukherjee. Hi, Richa. How are you? Hi, Rajiv. Good morning. I'm great. Good morning. Uh, you're looking very fresh and all set to be, uh, you know, completely questioned. But knowing you as a journalist, I would not be surprised if you question me more and I question you less. <laughs> and I'll, if I'll you know more, contain myself. <laughs> you know, I've done some homework, but I'm sure you've done some more homework, Richard. So let's see how this goes on. But uh, first of all, congratulations! One more mega success. This is really some heavy baggage you're carrying with you. Success over success over success. This one's a beauty. Uh, I, I read this book and excess baggage is a beauty. Thank you so much, Rajiv. Uh, I mean, it's strange to be starting a conversation uh, carrying excess baggage. But I think this <laughs> is the kind of excess baggage which is the pleasurable kind. Because uh, yeah. honestly, Rajiv, you know, I, I don't consider myself prescient enough to uh, mm. have assumed when I was writing that book that it will be released at a time when... Uh, I would be seeking the very things that I've written in this book, you know. It's such an unnerving and unstable time and disconcerting time for all of us that the fact that there is a little bit of travel, it's about family relationships mm. when, you know, uh, all of us yeah. are in each other's faces all the time. Uh, it's yeah. about uh, letting go. It's about coping. It's about dealing with, uh, you know, decisions that we've made in our lives. And there's a lot of humor. So I think, you know, mm. this was my small unintentional gift during this time to just yeah. infuse uh, yeah. this book with everything. I was sorely missing myself. So I uh, really, really hope it makes uh, people smile. It has. It has. In fact, I received the book with that, uh, you know, that baggage that the you put tag. onto your bag. Yeah, yeah, the tag. It was very cute. It was very nicely done. I wish I could travel, but I traveled through your book. And I must say this journey was brilliant. So, uh, Richard, you know, when I read this book, um, it, it, you know, when I personally, I pick up a book when I believe it's going to change my life or give me a new thought. When I received this book, I was like, okay, this talks about a girl as a friend, as a, a working woman, talks about a wife, talks about a daughter, talks about a journey, not just on the outside, but also on the inside. It's an inward journey as well, where you discover so much more about yourself. Um, so many avatars of a woman put into one, this could have been made into 10 different books, but you, you know, very, very smartly and without a force, you put this all together and taught us the simplest beauty of life, 
which is understanding yourself and valuing relationships. That's what you came out to. to uh, the message is so clear and so wonderfully set out there. How did you come up with this? Is it like you know one day I need to? I have so many problems, or is it like uh, how did you come up with such a thing? So you know, Raji, when it comes to writing humor, firstly, I think my yeah. uh, decision to write humor, I think that is the common mm. thread. Whether I'm writing thrillers mm. or whether I'm writing contemporary mm. fiction or family dramas, mm. I mm. think. Um, Every decision I've ever made in terms of writing mm. has been a very organic one. Uh, I have been mm. brought up in uh, a household. I call it a clan, not a family, because mm. there were. There, I have three <laughs> elder sisters, and for us, it was a very industrial upbringing. You get to the table, you'll get the food. If you don't make it, out. You know. So, and my father uh, uh. was in the government service, so we were okay. traveling all over India. So my solace yeah. was books and writing mm. my very unfortunate-sounding mm. poetry. you know so mm. i never even dreamed of becoming a writer i was too busy i think you know i've always called myself a wanderer of sorts and i think the writer mm. in me was marinating by changing yeah. through the time that i was changing rajiv imagine i've changed seven schools how i mean for a poor yeah. little girl that's a, a little much for you, anyone right were you sent out of school or did you leave that school no so i have a very hard time convincing people that i wasn't a, a bad child i was a good girl, good girl <laughs> with good grades and very well behaved i was never hardly ever punished but it was because my father was always uh, you know moving cities and you know we had to yeah. uh, move along with him but yeah, sure. uh, much as i was complaining about it at that point in time i think mm. it uh, somewhere helped me gain my perspective on the world mm. and because mm. there was so much upheaval and change the only yeah. constant i found was possibly training a humorous lens on the world right what does humor mm. do it helps make the world palatable it helps mm. uh, you know us understand the complexities and make our peace mm. with that so i think uh, yeah. that is something that helped me develop this lens and then of course i was a voracious reader so i started reading a lot of books and you know then this is what i think um, somehow uh, i don't know channelized the writer in me but the writer in me was born much much later at a time mm. when uh, i was in my maternity break uh as far as my current book is concerned all of these decisions rajiv were very organic and situational at the moment when i was mm. writing the crime i didn't want to turn the tide and write oh come on there's no crime uh, you know no humor crime in india let's write yeah. one it wasn't that i mm. just thought at that point in time i felt i needed to write a story and i was led by mm. the story uh as mm. far as excess baggage was concerned yes there's a lot of messages in it but again rajiv i think it came from a very organic space where uh, i remember having this uh, conversation with a friend who's just gone through a divorce not that that is the central theme theme mm. that is one of the themes and one of the issues i've spoken about but uh, i was uh, and also i've seen somebody very close to me in my family uh, go through this and i was mm. absolutely amazed by not what the person or the friend or the family member was having to deal with in terms of uh, you know treating it as a life stage an unfortunate life stage which somehow you can move along with but it you know it was about dealing with uh, everybody else's reactions and how it was treated like a stigma and somewhere in the back of my yeah. head i knew that my character formation started happening around this matter but then mm. of course i thought of what who best to present the story and the characters mm. and then all the multiple layers in terms of sindhis uh, the mm. partition travel mm. uh all of that somehow got coated mm. in the humor and uh, where mm. i did but you know this was one place rajiv where i really wanted to balance it out because i was talking about a lot of issues but uh, yeah. humor is about balance it's not about offending it's about you know yeah. you know writing enough to make people think and smile but not offending them 
So I was saying so that's that a very thin line. That, that's a very, very thin, thin line, thin. Uh, Rita. You know when when the first book that you took uh, or, or you wrote, which is uh, I didn't expect to be expecting. Uh, that talks. Uh, that's a very nice tale. It's from your point of view that that speaks about pregnancy and, and the uh, the difficulties, challenges, love, and phases of uh, bringing up a child. Now, this could have offended people as well. You know, you you do not make fun about something that is so serious, prayed for, worshipped for, and is God's gift. If that is how people react to it. So, did you have that fear? Now, as a journalist, firstly, you know, with that word comes a great amount of responsibility. authority as well and you're answerable to people right so did you ever think you know i shouldn't be ruffling feathers so i've written something it might hurt them let me take it back because in today's day that's uh, that, that's a big thing yeah no absolutely i've had to do that i think um you know i i think a lot of what i write and a lot of what people write comes from who they are and you know uh, how they process information so to yeah. me i think as a as a way of life moderation is key i don't think uh, my Correct. parents ever sat me down and told me listen don't get over excited i have had a very very normal upbringing right and clearly mm. my house there were there were too many things happening mm. but mm. i tend to view everything in that moderation and which is why when i'm writing i think my mm. advertising career has also helped me in that stead because i was not in creative i was in account management where i was mm. constantly having to deal with the circus of people around me and it's a it's a very creative subjective space where on one side mm. you're balancing the business uh, expectations yeah. and on the other you have yeah. people dressed in you know these baggies and smoking up and sitting and saying yeah. oh yeah i don't want to do this you know so yeah. <laughs> i think i think i've now I, i think that really taught me how to you know manage a lot of expectations and be in multiple Correct. shoes Who, who checks this, Richa? I mean, see, this is your point of view, but you're being read, Richa, by a lot of people with different mindsets. Correct? In Tyre, Tyre B, Tyre C cities, people with different upbringing, people with different perceptions of life. So, who decides who's which is that limit? Do you have someone, example, your husband, who who reads this and says, you know, uh, this is crossing the line a bit, or the publisher, Harper Collins, uh, who does that? so when yeah. you are having the conversations when you are listening to yeah. people's stories uh, mm. i think some of the credibility checks and the data checks and you know mm. um, authenticity checks happen mm. along the way when you are writing mm. and yeah. secondly after it's all done the first person who suffers is my husband yeah. always okay and whether he likes it or not you know he keeps a day job <laughs> and the rest of the time it's me because whether i'm writing a story yeah. whether i'm writing yeah. an opinion whether it's an interview i just go mm. to him and say just check this right so he knows he has another job which he's not paid for and his so he definitely has excess baggage he is the one carrying the lots, excess baggage <laughs> and, and and i don't know if he'll be very appreciative of me telling you this but out uh. after three books he comes up to me and i always in my acknowledgments and dedications i always give a large mention to him uh, mm. but he came to me this once and said darling with all the unpaid work that i'm putting in not one book has been dedicated to me when am i going to even my daughter has got one so i said i promise i promise the next one will be for you out of all the three sisters of course this is again a, a ground for fiction because i sent it to only one yeah. of my sisters uh, during the you know pre uh, publication process because i yeah. think again she's very objective and she's very articulate in terms of telling me and then maximum there will be not one or two beta readers who will give me an opinion okay. from another point of view then of course okay. there's my publishers so between all these voices and filters i i hope that you know i'm able to say the right thing without offending anyone 
Fair enough. Uh, perfectly said. So now as we move on, there are a few things I'd like to talk about you. I mean, your books talk about different things and there's humor in everything. There's beauty of life and magic in every story that you say and puts a smile. So we talk about that. But let's get back to the days of journalism. Uh, I must say you're a lucky one to leave journalism in today's world because it seems very, very different. Uh, so according to you, the times that you were a journalist, the nation wants to know, the nation wants to know. Tell me... How is it? What is the role of a journalist then? And how do you look at media and journalism today? So, um, <laughs> yeah. honestly speaking, Rajiv, uh, around the time when I was a journalist, uh, firstly, mm. I was covering uh, soft business stories and I was covering, covering crime. And at some point, crime. Time, I was covering entertainment. And I think yeah. I was also anchoring. And I, 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 I think my producers, they told me at that point in time that I was looking too large on screen. So then I stopped uh, yeah. <laughs> anchoring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe so, they said you are larger than life. Maybe they meant yeah, really. that. It made me uh, think of uh, the friend's comment from Chandler, Monica, when she says, you know, I look, la- the, you know, the camera makes me put yeah. on. Like, How many cameras yeah. are on? Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a victim of that. So, yeah. So, at that point in time, I was, uh, you know, I had stars in my eyes. I had just come out of journalism. And I was still formulating my opinion on what was going around me. So there used to be a newsroom. We used to discuss. Uh, so we weren't uh, part of, because, you know, we just new recruits. So we weren't part of yeah. a whole lot of the editorial discussions. But what we knew yeah. was whatever we were covering, whether it's crime, whether yeah. it's business, we were diligently mm. uh, doing our mm. work. I think what has changed, uh, Rajiv, you know, the world we live in, and I don't think uh, journalists are any different. They are people, essentially, mm. right? So what is yeah. happening is that there is so much of uh, unease and cynicism and such uh, an excessive number of opinions that we have suddenly formulated about this world around us where there's so many things going on that somehow it percolates down to the even the people who are sitting in those chairs. You know, at one point mm. in time where I could open the paper in the morning, get mm. my bit of the news and there used to be one editorial section in the middle which was about op-eds and opinions, right? Mm. Now, mm. it just seems that everything is laced. Now, of course, I'm not vilifying everybody in journalism and there's a lot of objective voices as well. But yeah, it's just yeah. that I think as an entire population, it's easy enough to say, maybe it's an oversimplification, but mm. I think we just need to dial things down. Do you think over the past 10 years, news or media is changed for the better? Or for the worse? Straightforward answer. I think it has changed. Honestly, I, I know. I know. <laughs> That's not my question. <laughs> it has changed for the better or the worse. It's changed, I know too. Um, I don't want to intellectualize Rajiv. And I don't think I am in that position where I can, uh, you know, because honestly speaking, I don't want to sound huh. correct. But on a daily basis, hmm. I am changing my own, own opinions, you know. Yeah. It is all a function of reach and hmm. access. Because there is so much of access, a lot of people are filtering Mm. back their opinions, which there wasn't an avenue of earlier. And because there's so much reach, the people in the powers that, you know, sitting in those chairs are thinking they wield that much of influence. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's Mm. a lot of exchange that's happening. So, which is why, honestly, so, which is why I really think that I Mm. am changeable and impressionable even at this age. So I can only imagine, you know, what, so what I try to do in my sphere of... At the age of 25, it's no problem. (laughs) Well, thank you. This is turning out to be a better interview. (laughs) Right. um, I I, I think you define it beautifully, not just as someone who's within the industry, who was within the industry, but also as the consumer of news uh, for your sanity and for your allowance of judgment and thought process. I think you you defined it beautifully. 
but as you say as well you know the news is so filled with negativity sometimes you need a person with a breeze of fresh air with a smile positivity and goodness to come in and you have ensured that every book of yours no matter what genre you take has this good vibe about it let's focus on your latest book as well excess baggage now uh, tell me what is the feedback that you got and what is the message that an author is trying to convey richa s mukherjee as an author what do you stand for to make people smile to influence and make them value relationships at the end when you hold that pen or when you type those words you're trying to tell the world something right that's what you want so what does richa stand for uh so i don't want to be presumptuous in my influence mm. on the world and what i what influence i might wield but um i love the simplicity with uh, which one of my absolutely favorite authors pg woodhouse who mm. i've read all my mm. life he said mm. irrespective of how he was vilified and uh, uh, you know ridiculed through his life because at that you know he wrote mm. in the context of the world was unfolding and there was yeah. so much upheaval yeah. and unrest around but all he mm. chose to say throughout his life was mm. i want to make people happy and he was a humorist Correct. in every sense of the word right mm-hmm. um in a similar sense i uh, might be oversimplifying but i just want to make people smile and i want to make them think it is not the kind mm-hmm. of vacuous smile which is a slapstick smile which just makes you go ha 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 laugh out loud kind of smile mm-hmm. i want mm-hmm. uh, to leave people uh, with a good gooey feeling in their hearts mm-hmm. and a little mm-hmm. bit of a you know a, 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 an afterthought which helps them mm. process as well as entertain mm. themselves while reading my book so if you ask about excess baggage uh like i said a lot of times when we are talking later we think back mm. and want to sound intellectual and say hmm what was i thinking at that yeah. point of time nothing Correct. because you yeah. know a lot of yeah. stuff is impulsive when you are writing it mm. uh and it forms as you go it takes form as you go but if i were to talk about mm. a uniform theme here uh, rajiv i would have to say that uh there is a certain yes it's humor but there's a certain bleakness and i'll tell you what it is um mm. there is something incomplete uh and imperfect about every single character that i've written about whether it's a mm. 67 year old smita punjabi who's trying to still you know make her peace yeah. with the partition and trying to balance between modernity and you know uh, what her past mm. was whether it's anviksha or anviksha yeah or anviksha yeah. you know who's trying yeah. to be the right you know make yeah. the right decisions and she's very confident but she has this conundrum mm. in her you know in her own personal mm. life when it comes to her mother or yeah. if it's you know it's mm. all the characters including bhindi and button the dogs who have yeah. incidentally yeah. named yeah. after food and my husband said you speak you think so much about food that you write <laughs> them as characters into your books so i think um, there is such an impetus on all of us and i think i don't know where it's mm. come from but we all mm. want to portray this perfect life you know with uh, you know which is round and perfect and you know the right pick and i'm not just talking about social media we all just Correct. want to be perfect mm. but we aren't who defines perfection who defines normal so i think the one mm. message i wanted to get across is whether you're a student who's not scoring well enough whether mm. you're a parent who's trying to do their best but you know keeps on getting opinions whether you're a person trying to do the best at your workplace mm. or you're trying to look for love nobody defines what perfect is what normal is what happiness is except you yeah. exactly you you know what i liked about this one uh, excess baggage like we said covers different avatars or the roles that a woman plays now one thing that i loved about this book is you don't create situations out of the world these are all day to day situations that we face but you put a smile and make us realize that those situations that we take for granted are actually wonderful you can sit back and smile at what happens and what we call a routine 
is fun as well you can smile at that every single day which is what you capture so beautifully so uh, you know as an author uh, once you write the book it's yours you distribute it to your family your close uh, confidants and the publisher harper collins in this case as you said but uh, at the end of it once it's delivered it's given to the hands of the readers and you are filled with compliments or criticism as an indian author uh, there there is this thing that you know at least that's what a lot of people believe that you know there is a lot more to be desired from indian authors i do not know why the impression for international bestsellers are a lot lot more do you feel this thing that as an indian author i'm not being given my due and talk to me about the compliments and the criticism you have faced uh, through your journey as an author be it this book or the other ones as well so um there is a trend that i have noticed and uh, i'll i'll tell you i'll tell you from uh, an evolution point of view even if i were sure. to look at my own reading journey uh, yeah. the exposure i have had um, was you know i on one hand was my father who used to read the scriptures to me and on the other hand yeah. he gave me a whole set of adventures of huckleberry finn and jules verne's and you know panchatantra and also it was a mixed bag right so i you're, you're a big fan like, of the mahabharat you're a big fan of oh, the mahabharat yes. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we know which direction to point. So you know it was a whole mixed bag of influences and I think that goes a long way in um uh, you know channelizing the kind of reader in you. Uh off mm. late and I think that stands true for most Indian homes where you know the parents read a certain thing and you know friends read a certain thing and then in the end you understood what you want to read. and Correct. growing up i have seen that on the bookshelves there were a lot more mm. international titles for sure but that mm. does not mean that people would not read and you know we tend to think that just because international titles are visible that doesn't mean that regional literature is not there it has always mm. been there we had born and brought up on it but it's just that the reach is not the same because obviously yeah. the publishers were firstly um, uh, you know getting a lot of these international titles home and yeah. people were getting exposed to that as and when the mm. industry opened up that is when we mm. you know started getting access to more indian writers and then there are some indian writers who opened the door for fiction in a way uh, mm. that changed the future for all of us be it amit uh, you know be it amit tripathi be it a mm. chetan bhagat no matter how much people Correct. want to vilify him mm. uh, preeti shinoy mm. ravinder singh um, ashwin sanghi you know you name all of them and mm. these are the kind of people who open the doors for i'm glad you mentioned all of them I'm glad you mentioned all of them because these are all fantastic uh, authors with a brilliant point of view, influence a lot of mindsets and uh, people's thought process. Uh, absolutely. What tends to happen with humor is a double whammy. Not just being an Indian author, I think people um, trivialize humor writing, and this is one of the panels mm. I was on actually day before. It's the hardest genre. It's the hardest genre because you can't make everyone find the same thing funny. If you're making a group of people laugh at something, you've connected with a lot of people, and that's difficult. Absolutely. So I think people find yeah. an more obvious and immediate connect through pathos and catharsis and tears and all of mm. that, which I think is a very basic and uh, reachable emotion, which is fine. Mm. but um i think it is i take great umbrage when people say that you know it's easier for humor writers because it's not yeah. every kind yeah. of writing and not just humor it is exacting mm. it cannot be trivialized because it has to strike the right balance and it has to yeah. you know um uh, without even letting you understand the intention it has to hook you and make you smile and make you think so i think it's hard but i mm. honestly think that there's so much rich literature in our own country that as long mm. as you're not saying that you know i will not read anything outside my country mm. and as long as you're saying i will read everything inside my country as mm. well 
that's perfect mm. and that is the right balance because you don't want to be a, a frog in a well right i will only read my own country's book no i mean yeah. that's what the beauty of writing is you can be everywhere at the same time from one chair you be at the same so, spot but still you reach everywhere yeah, that's the beauty absolutely. you know yeah. do you think richard we live in a world where we where we require social acclimation we want people to like follow and uh, you know uh, see what we're all up to how do we make book reading a lot more cooler because back in the 80s and 90s reading books was a thing right they don't teach you in school they teach you how to read but they don't teach you the importance of reading books in school so how do we actually make a lot of people no one will say that reading books is a waste of time we all know uh, how important it is but to ensure that people devote time to reading books how do you think we can implement this is it by making it sound a lot more cooler by incentivizing people and telling them how important it is or education needs to not just how to read a book but you will have to read a book because this is the benefit it has um mm. as a p- mother i can tell you that from the time that my child was 6 months old and she didn't even know what a book was mm. i've been exposing mm. her to books ever since and one thing i promised mm. myself i wouldn't do which i i realized i started doing was started picking books for her all the time right so you know like mm. Arey, this is not age appropriate ye padho ye padho like this right but uh, what i i mean it happens to a certain age you have to because they go and pick up charles dickens at the age of uh, when they're a toddler it will work right <laughs> so i did yeah. that but as she grew i understand she had an affinity and the point is you can't tell children to do anything mm. rajiv if you Correct. want the next generation to do you have to do yourself emulation mm. is key for children Correct. and those inculcation of habits will happen only if they see it around themselves i i doubt you can pick one parent who can uh, tell me or convince mm. me that we were never readers but look at our children wah kitna padhte mm. right so i think it has to be inculcated at home to begin to begin with as far as the mm. school is concerned i think all schools try to inculcate the habit but what tends to mm. happen is because it's part of the curriculum and there's a whole bunch of things the schools have to cover anyway it does mm. get sidelined so i don't think they have uh, so Uh, what i've started seeing schools doing is you know they get authors uh, to school you know not when you teachers mm. seeing the same thing maybe it might not have the same yeah. impact but they get people to Correct. visit uh, you know mm. they're doing book clubs in schools yeah. for younger children yeah. you know for older age yeah. groups uh, for mm. older people i think there's these uh, for publishers are also trying their best you mm. know they're doing a lot of these mm. uh, there's this whole community of bookstagrammers i think they really help mm. because you know they yeah. read and they mm. review and they put the reviews yeah. out there yeah. so engaging with them mm. uh, book clubs uh mm. you know incentivizing of course there's a lot of yeah. that but i also mm. think rajiv one reality of the times is that uh, there is so much noise and there is so much distraction Action. i mean i look at my nephews at 16 17 mm. years of age they used mm. to write stories for me you know which i've got pinned mm. up you know in my on my walls <laughs> and now all they can think of is pubg and friends and posing and instagram and filters and stories and reels mm. i can't get a conversation through right so it uh, you know I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's just that it has to happen as a combined effort from everywhere. Uh, imagine, yeah. I, I had no idea I was ever going to publish with you know uh, either a blacking books with a Ravinder Singh's outfit or a yeah. Harper Collins. Yeah. It was a dream. It was an unattainable dream for me, right? Yeah. So I remember yeah. the first time I I heard about it, I cried yeah. and I shrieked and I jumped for fifteen minutes. And to know that there are publishers, you know, that's a good workout. That's a lovely it workout. Is. That's what I remember. Some days I lost weight because I jumped so much when I started uh, jumping up and down. Yeah, so please go on. Is, huh? 
the point is that they allowed me because you know there are very formidable titles in the Harper Collins mm. uh, uh, you know uh, pantheon of titles right yeah. and when i started thinking about uh, contemporary fiction and humor i really mm. i was appalled i said you know i felt small thinking that you know how is it that they are going to uh, let me publish something like this or blacking mm. books and the fact that they took a chance mm. on me when i wrote humor the fact that i wrote a humorous thriller which nobody mm. at the time when i came out nobody's writing it now everybody seems to mm. be writing it uh, to a time mm. where it's just a simple story about a mother and a daughter and still they've given it a platform right so there mm. are people for every book that comes out there are about 10 15 people mm. who are believing in the story and you Absolutely. and then when Correct. i get emails like uh, you know you were asking mm. earlier about reactions there was this gentleman mm. who wrote into me from uh, uh, from i forget which city and he wrote the mm. email and he said i read your book i didn't expect to be expecting and you know in your head you think why will a guy ever read that book guy he read said, that yeah yeah exactly uh. so he wrote to me saying that i have um, you know my wife and i are childless and we read that mm. book of yours and it almost like we took that journey with you and thank you so much i had tears in oh, my sweet. eyes you know you know it's just about access and when yeah. kanpur khufia uh, private mm. limited came out one of my mm. biggest reservations was i'm using some colloquial terms it's about kanpur i might not, I, i don't have a mm. glossary of terms what if somebody doesn't mm. understand me because my uh, uh, my husband's uh, german boss was like ye ye burba kya hota hai and i'm just like okay he's not going to understand <laughs> what the hell that is absolutely so this couple from amsterdam wrote to me those emails are just my lifeline mm. right and they said that mm. we had never been to india we picked this up at mm. the airport and it's so beautifully mm. helped us understand at least a part of your culture you know so mm. those are the kind of gratification and validation and i'm just happy people absolutely. are like you said publishers are you know helping mm. enabling it and then mm. people are accepting it so you know you know for uh, you you know much better and you're in a much better position to answer this but success for an author is not the number of copies printed alone it's not the number of copies sold it's not the number of books they release but it's the superpower about a book or any source of communication is how many people actually consume that and affected by that and if that is a is a any way of judging success then you're a mega mega success because i know you influence people without forcing it down you offer a plate and they just grab onto it so that is what uh, richa is all about richa last few questions before i let you go uh, how much of anviksha how much of tara which is uh, the character and i didn't expect to be expecting uh, is actually richa uh, how much of that how much do you because i actually i never understand this word of fiction there's nothing called fiction it's semi fiction or it's or, or or it's it's a reality because in every fiction there is a slice of the author right so tell me how much of you is there in in both these characters so i think i have a i think i have to by habit i have to be, have a multiple personality disorder i don't have an option so i <laughs> So I dip into my characters, uh, you know, as and when I need to. I think there was honestly more of uh, me in uh, the first book because, as you all know, uh, mm. the first mm. venture is always a more autobiographical one. But I obviously had to deny yeah. that when my mother-in-law turned around mm. and asked me, "Is that mother-in-law me?" Said, no, <laughs> no way! <laughs> It comes in the fiction category. <laughs> yeah, I said that is purely fiction. So yeah, yeah, so there are bits and pieces of me all over. 
Sure. Uh, but mm. uh, because I mm. need to wear many shoes, I mm. become a 67-year-old person sometimes. I become a child Correct. sometimes. I become a dog sometimes. So mm. yeah, it just uh, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow, wow. <laughs> Okay, you know, uh, of course, you you've made this detective character as well, which is very interesting. And I know how fond you are of horrors. Now, I can't wait for a movie or for actually a book, which might be converted to a movie later on, because that's the trend that you are heading on. Uh, t- tell me, um, I, uh, is your next going to be a a horror comedy? Because I, I don't remember the name. The Japanese names are quite difficult. This is Japanese author who writes a lot of horror, but brings in so much of comedy. I forget his name at the moment. Uh, I apologize for that. But is your next somewhere around what you love, which is horror, and bringing in uh, humor, which is what you is. So I have been warned by many people that never speak of your forthcoming books. But unfortunately, I have verbal diarrhea, and I keep speaking of them. So I will go ahead and uh, tell you now that uh, my yeah, next sure. installment, which is which is uh, Kanpur Khufia Private Limited Part Two. Oh um, wow, lovely! Is, yeah, so which Mr. Tripathi is back. Yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Tripathi is back. Yeah. Back. Yeah. And uh, uh. the Matt Tripathi's are back, and unfortunately, I'm trying to finish it, but it's not getting quite finished. I'm almost in the last draft. Uh, so okay. uh, that has um, the paranormal has paranormal elements as well. So there is a little bit of humor, and there's there's the paranormal as well. So hopefully, it'll. I'm at least doing an experiment. Let's see how it works. Uh, there was supposed to be a book dedicated to your husband. Don't forget that one. I will not. <laughs> no, no, no. The one, the one with elements of horror will have it dedicated to. <laughs> There'll be mixed messages there. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll understand it when I see it for sure. Okay, Richard, thank you so so much. But last but not the least, people who love what you write, people who are influenced by what you say, write, and believe in, how can they reach out to you? And one final message: why they should be actually grabbing a copy of Excess Baggage. uh i'll reverse the order so why you should wrap sure. excess baggage is i think in a nutshell what excess baggage to me is it's a story about hope and second mm. chances uh, coated in laughter and wonderlust for me that has always yeah. been uh, a line you know a summation of what excess baggage mm. stands for so i think it will help you laugh it will help you think and it will make the times we live in a little more palatable so i hope you read mm. it and uh, i am uh, a very accessible author you can uh, mm. write into me my email id is in my book so you can reach out to me on twitter mm. and insta and i'm the helpful auntie so yeah i'll respond the 20 the 25 year young the 25 person year old <laughs> auntie yes <laughs> you know somewhere during the show we said the nation wants to know the nation wants to know but i will have to tell you the nation has to know what you have to offer you've been wonderful richa uh, i i want this word of your talent your words your thought and the way you intend to make people smile through every line between every line is nothing short of magical thank you so so, thank much. You so much it was a pleasure connecting thank you 